Hey, everybody. Spider-Man and suicides. What do they have in common? We talk about that and the crisis of the lockdowns in our country. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. And please consider supporting us at charliekirk.com slash support. If you guys want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com, tpusa.com. We dive into political corruption and more. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Each episode of The American Story aims to reveal a small piece of the truth about what makes America beautiful, good, and worthy of love. From our country's beginning, from sea to shining sea, stories about America, about the big things and little things we share as a people, inspire us to be more devoted to our country, connect us with those who have come before us, and help us be better friends with our fellow Americans. These are stories of pioneers, presidents, athletes, neighbors, artists, veterans, inventors, natives, and immigrants. Americans whose aspirations, sufferings, achievements, and sacrifices are woven into the fabric of our country. The American Story is a weekly podcast that tells the stories of the men and women who answer with their lives. Every generation, the defining question is how should we live? It is their answer to this question that have made America beautiful and worthy of love. It is our answers that will keep it that way. Listen to The American Story for free on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. To learn more about The American Story, visit The American Story podcast.org the american story podcast.org hello everybody charlie kirk here we are talking about what is happening in real time in the election we're also talking about we want to dive into some of these lockdowns of what's happening to the next generation to young people in our country the Chinese coronavirus has been raging in our country now for well over nine months. Some would say even a year. We have seen the Chinese coronavirus play a very serious role in everything from public policy creation to politics to now even how we configure our economy. The most puzzling part of the Chinese coronavirus saga is how we've treated this virus differently month by month, and not in a positive way. Everyone remembers the lockdowns in March where we really didn't know what we were dealing with here. First, the Secretary of Health and Human Services and Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's a complete and total fool, came out and said there's nothing to worry about. Then they went from a 1 to a 10 instantaneously where this is the worst thing ever. We have to do 15 days to slow the spread. By the way, we are still in the 15 days to slow the spread. We are Just to give you an idea, we are about 85 days away from being on the 15 days to slow the spread. We were calling for a quick and seamless reopening of the American economy because we knew what we were dealing with. We were dealing with something that was highly contagious, But in most parts of the country, the data was showing a 0.05 mortality rate. Most young people were not going to even realize they had this. 
let alone die from this. With that being said, if you're over the age of 60, have underlying health conditions, you should take this very seriously. That's always been the position of this program. However, this virus is not worth destroying our civilization over, and it's certainly not worth setting an entire generation backwards in a way that might be completely and totally unrecoverable, irreversible. A new story out of Gallup says America's mental health ratings sink to new low. I wonder why. Maybe this was all part of the agenda. Maybe the pharmaceutical companies that developed the vaccine, who push antidepressants, maybe this is all part of their plan to keep you locked up, out of the sun, not seeing other people, not socializing, watching the -the over-the-top streaming devices, uh, platforms that propagandize you, to have anti-American leftist values and perspectives. You're spending more time on social media than ever before where you're engaging with your digital pacifier for the next dopamine rush. You're refreshing your Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter feed as if you're playing some sort of digital slot machine. And in reality, you're actually getting increasingly more anxious and you're less happy than you ever have been. Only 34% of respondents, according to the Gallup poll, say their mental health is excellent, down from 43% in 2019. Democrats, frequent churchgoers, show least mental health change. Reports of physical health stable, slightly more positive than mental health. This is what it says. America's latest assessment of their mental health is worse than it has been at any point in the last two decades. 67% of U.S. adults rate their mental health positively, representing a nine-point decline from 2019. Each year, 2001, each year since 2001, Gallup has been doing this survey as part of its November health and healthcare survey, whether or not mental or emotional well-being is excellent, good, or only fair or poor. We have seen a dramatic decrease in America's mental health. And... I think we all know the reason why we've shut down our country. The latest numbers show that under the age of 35, total from just 25 to 34-year-olds, there have been 1,852 deaths related to the Chinese coronavirus. 1,852. Not diminishing it. That's a large number, but I think that number is probably still overinflated. Because that's dying with the Chinese coronavirus, not necessarily because of it. But let's take that at face value. Ages 15 to 24, 439. 5 to 14, 44. And yet schools are still closed across the country. 1 to 4 years old, 16. Under 1 years old, 29. 2,380 deaths from the Chinese coronavirus under the age of 35. Well over 37,000 people under the age of 35 have died from opioids this year. We still don't know how many people have committed suicide. We don't because states are withholding their suicide numbers because they know that their lockdown numbers will become – their lockdowns will become increasingly unpopular. To give you an idea of your chances of even being in the risk pool of dying from the Chinese coronavirus, 
that people under the age of 35 represent 0.009% of all deaths related to the Chinese coronavirus. People under the age of 35 are now suffering the most. And what are conservatives saying? Some conservatives tell young people, well, go work harder and go find a job. What job are they supposed to find exactly? You guys shut down the country selfishly, I might add, and have imprisoned a generation in vertical housing units in San Francisco, L.A., Portland, Seattle, Chicago, New York, Boston, D.C., creating a generation now that is so severely financially disadvantaged, they are going to be ripe for a socialist revolution. For what? For a virus that its absolute highest has a death rate of a 0.05 mortality rate. The Guardian has an article, which is a rarity. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's a good article. The Guardian's a rag. But it says, all my plans were ruined. The Chinese coronavirus's economic toll on young Americans. The pandemic has worsened existing economic hardships for young adults and has taken a serious toll on mental health. It goes through this article. It says, from the spring 2019 to spring 2020, unemployment for young people, 16 to 24, went from 8.4% to 24.4%. Absolutely destroying an entire generation. It's an American suicide. Literally. We have seen more young people commit suicide in the state of California than have died from the Chinese coronavirus. And yet still Republicans are ones that are, at times, advocating and defending for increased lockdowns. Liberty is hard. It is not easy to have liberty. When you have liberty, you will have people do reckless, dangerous, selfish, and stupid things. But that's what liberty is all about. Liberty is not about equal outcomes. It is about having the equal amount of opportunity to make choices. Free will and human agency is a difficult endeavor. It is much easier to live under a Leviathan, where a centralized warden, king, czar, pharaoh, dictator, conqueror tells you what to do every single day. That is what the left wants for our country. They want some sort of civil service bureaucrat to tell them whether or not they have to wear one mask, two masks, or three masks when they shower. Unless you are an Uber driver, I cannot understand... And maybe you guys can help me out with this. The people that are driving alone in their car with a mask on. This is something that bothers me more than anything else that I've seen the last couple of days. Now, if you're an Uber driver, I get it. Maybe you're getting used to it. You forgot to take it off. Or maybe you're a delivery person. But if you're actually alone in your car, you are you're being socially conditioned in a way that makes the 20th century make sense for me. You see, for years... I always wondered, how did the horrors of the 20th century occur? Now it makes perfect sense. I now see how you can kill 100 million people. Look, it's not often you get a gift for yourself. But I need to tell you about something that you got to buy. It's called a hedge against all the craziness in the market. It's a free 22-carat American Gold Eagle coin. Not bad, right? A free 22-carat 
American Gold Eagle coin in a special presentation box. To qualify, you have to take out a precious metals IRA or 401k rollover with Noble Gold. Makes a lot of sense right now to keep your savings and investments safe. Who knows what the next administration will do or what's going to happen? So look, we don't know what's coming next. And you have to have a hedge. They're creating money. Austrian School of Economics is completely under attack. So if you guys want to hedge against all the market volatility, and we know what's coming, inflation is coming. Call 877-646-5347 and get the special coin offer, but don't hang around. That's 877-646-5347. Tell them that Charlie Kirk sent you. Again, that's Noble Gold, 877-646-5347. There is a real cost to this incredibly damaging and foolish campaign of lockdowns that we have embarked on in our country. Not enough leaders are speaking out against it. Ron DeSantis and Governor Kristi Noem are among the few governors that refuse to lock down their states again and keep their states open. This is all part of the left's agenda, though. The the left wants suffering for America. When the left is able to see a crisis, when people are naturally in the midst of a crisis, they want a savior to come in, centralize power, and fix that crisis for them. That is the natural sequence, pattern, and progression that history tells us is that that liberty thing sounds nice yeah we want to do whatever we want to do whenever we want to do it but as soon as you have to, as soon as you have to start to take responsibility for your life as soon as you might have to get tough as soon as you start seeing different outcomes then resentment sets in and as soon as resentment sets in then you start to see in more ways than one demagogues, dictators, and tyrants start to promise they can fix the problem. This is exactly why Governor Newsom and Cuomo, exactly why they're doing what they're doing. They want the Great Reset. The Great Reset is an alleged solution to the problem that they created of currency demolition, of debt eradication, open borders, mandatory vaccines. It's coming here very soon. Let's play cut 63 of Joe Biden saying on day one, he'll sign an executive order to require masks everywhere I can. Play cut 63. My first hundred days is going to require, I'm going to ask for a masking plan. Everyone for the first hundred days of my administration to wear a mask. It will start with my signing an order on day one to require masks where I can under the law, like federal buildings. Interstate travel on planes, trains, and buses. I'll also be working with the governors and mayors to do the same in their states and their cities. We're going to require masks wherever possible. But this goes beyond government action. And so, as a new president, I'm going to speak directly to the American people and say what I'm saying now. We need your help. Wear a mask for just 100 days. It's the easiest thing you can do to reduce COVID cases, hospitalizations, and death. Help yourself, your family, and your community. Whatever your politics or point of view, mask up for 100 days once we take office. 100 days to make a difference. It's not a political statement. It's a patriotic act. It won't be the end of our efforts. 
but it's a necessary and easy beginning, an easy start. Find a lie, repeat the lie, and soon the lie will become a truth. Joe Biden, first, everything he's talking about there is probably illegal. It'll probably get struck down by courts. Secondly, I don't understand this whole my body, my choice deal where you're allowed to do whatever you want with your body, but when it comes to a mask, it must be mandatory. There are some very perplexing contradictions when it comes to the left. How can someone explain to me, I mean this as honest as I could, as I could say it, how can the left be okay with public heroin injection sites, but somehow super worried that people are going to be walking around without a mask? How can people be okay in San Francisco with public defecation, but somehow the mask thing just sends their entire movement into a death spiral? How can Democrats be okay with euthanasia, which is doctor-assisted suicide, but somehow they're super triggered by the fact that you can't have a mask or that you shouldn't have a mask? How can the Democrats be okay with drug legalization but they're somehow not okay with people not wanting to wear a mask. Here's what I don't understand. What if you've already had the Chinese coronavirus? Can you get an opt-out then? You can't spread it. You can't get it. You're already basically inoculated. And what about young people? What about students? Now, some people say, well, students will go see their parents and grandparents. You also have the liberty not to go see them as well. I know I haven't went and saw some people that are over the age of 80 that I know quite well in the last couple months because I wouldn't want to pass it on to them. And if you think masks work, terrific. Go wear one, wear two. The point is that there's contradicting studies, including a Danish study that says that masks, not only they don't work, they have the opposite effect. What if I told you that shutting down churches and religious assembly is nothing new? Dictators and despots have been trying to shut down churches for quite some time. In fact, it actually helped inspire the American Revolution. The Conventicle Act of 1664 was an act of the Parliament of England that forbade conventicles, defined as religious assemblies, of what? No more than five people. To be gathered outside the auspices of the Church of England, which was the government. What we are seeing in Portland, what we are seeing in Seattle, what we're seeing in Los Angeles and San Francisco saying you cannot have more than five or six people. This goes back all the way to 1664. History does not repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. What we have seen is a consistent pattern of tyrants, dictators, and despots acting in their own self-interest to destroy people of faith, gatherings, and religious assembly. This has had a serious impact, as we have mentioned, on people's mental health and the health of our country. Let's play the tape of the father from a young man that 
committed suicide in Maine because of the lockdowns. He said that in his suicide note. Now, this does not get national news coverage. This is cut 55. This does not get wall-to-wall coverage because this goes against the narrative that they are trying to paint. This is the father of Spencer Smith who committed suicide because of the lockdowns. The politicians killed his son. Play tape. We need to get our kids back on the classes. Let them do their activities, their after-school activities, rather if it's sports or brand practice or plays. Let them do the stuff. If they want to, it's up to them. Let them make their decisions. And just some context, his son committed suicide recently and left a note saying it was because of the lockdowns and the lack of contact, which is why he did that. It's from... It's a part of Maine. Father of Brunswick teen who died by suicide says pandemic isolation impacted his mental health. That is a deceiving headline. Read the suicide note. The suicide note itself said it is because of lack of contact that I am taking my life. Does his life matter? Probably not. He's just a statistic. Instead... They are completely and totally locking down the country, keeping us shuttered and sheltered in place at all costs. And what politicians are actually standing up against this? Well, let's go to cut 53 of Clay Travis on OutKick, who reports that Atlanta public schools are still not able to go to school but they'll be opening two schools so that the new Spider-Man movie can be filmed. Play cut 53. Atlanta public schools have been shut down since March. The mayor, by the way, has her children in private schools. Of course she does, just like the governor of California, just like all of the elite politicians who claim to care about the average person out there. But they are opening up two different Atlanta area public schools to film the new Spider-Man movie in January. So they are going to be able to film scenes inside of public high schools in Atlanta for the new Spider-Man movie, but they aren't able to let actual kids go to actual school in those same buildings. Now, why is this happening? This goes back to the biggest issue in American politics that everyone is just kind of dodging and avoiding. The number one issue in American politics, that if it is not properly addressed, it will result in a very serious revolution that no one sees coming, which is a corrupt political system designed by, for, and the benefit of special interest donors. Let's pretend that you were king. It's kind of a nice thing to think about, isn't it? Let's pretend that you were king and you had absolute authority. King of Winchester, the king of Scotland, the king of anywhere, the king of Denmark, the king of Sweden. And your sister has a son, and you really start to grow fond of this son, but that son grows up, and next thing you know, he gets involved with the wrong people, and he ends up getting drunk one night, running somebody over and killing them, and is guilty of manslaughter. So you, the king, 
now have to be in charge of your nephew's punishment. Your sister comes to you and says, please, please let him off the hook. He got involved with the wrong people. And you as the king have to make a decision. Do you grant him mercy because you know him? Or then do you implement justice? You probably grant him mercy. But if you do, then like ripple effects across your kingdom, people will lose trust in the justice system. They'll lose trust in your capacity to be uncorruptible. And people will start talking then. Uh, yeah, there's special favors that are given to the king. From the king. If, the, if, if, you, if you're a family member, you're protected by the king. All of a sudden, you're in this very difficult position. And, and anyone would probably do that in that spot. Our political class and our political system right now is no different. If you're filming a Spider-Man movie and you really got to go film that Spider-Man movie, then you just call the Georgia politicians. That's what you do. You go call Brian Kemp. You call Raffensperger. You call the ruling class of Georgia. And instead of implementing fair, safe reopening of schools, they go take care of their crony donors. They they cut out favorites and loopholes. This is the stuff that revolutions are made of. More so than anything else. If the people in a country believe that the people in charge are able to have special interest favors and loopholes to such an extent that it disenfranchises their livelihood, the pitchforks come next. And I'm not supporting that. I'm not saying the pitchforks are a healthy thing. But when you can't send your child to school but you can go film a Spider-Man movie in Atlanta, what kind of message does that that send to a single mother in the suburbs of Atlanta? What sends a very clear message to the single mother who lives in Atlanta? You did not donate enough money to Brian Kemp. That's what it says. It tells the single mother that, why didn't you go give your net worth and political contributions, then maybe your kid could have went to private school. Maybe your kid could have had a school that is reopened. I believe that President Trump won this election, but I believe that he would have won by even more if he would have tackled the number one issue in our country. If President Trump would have said, I am rejecting all lobbyist campaign contributions to my presidential campaign. If President Trump would have bragged more about his small dollar contributions and would have attacked Joe Biden for being purchased and financed by the wealthiest people in our country, Donald Trump would have won all of the Bernie Sanders supporters over. Bernie Sanders is a fool. Bernie Sanders has no comprehension of what public policy, his public policy ideas would do to middle class workers. But the one thing that Bernie Sanders gets correct The one thing that Bernie Sanders understands better than most Republicans is that a grassroots funded candidate who can come across as one that cannot be bought and paid for is the number one thing that people want 
in the political system right now. That's why Donald Trump was so attractive in 2016, and he was still very attractive in 2020. He can't be bought. He's going to fight for me. And this is something that the Republicans need to understand. You see, most Republicans, all they care about is power. The people are growing fatigued and exhausted with power-hungry politicians, transactional inside government favors. Instead, they want a political movement that will be funded by 5 10 15 and $20 contributions and look to the carpenter, the welder, the plumber, the person that works in HVAC, the teacher, the muscular class of our country, and say, I am not financed by Google. I don't take money from Goldman Sachs. I'm going to do the right thing when I get into office. We are entering a post-political moment in America. This post-political moment is where people really don't care what party you're affiliated with. They do care if you represent wacky left-wing ideas. That is the greatest turnoff right now in American politics. In fact, more people are turned off by wacky left-wing political ideas than even strong constitutional conservative ideas, meaning more people are turned off by the left than by the right. But there is, there, is going, there is so much suffering happening right now in our country at the hands of the American political class and the billionaire elite and the Great Reset Coalition that there will be this post-political moment that sets in where moms and workers and people that have never been involved in the political system are just going to ask this very simple question. Can you be bought? Who owns you? Are you going to be the political equivalent of a NASCAR driver and walk around with all your biggest campaign donors and just wear the patches of all the big corporations that influence all of your decisions? So in Georgia, for example, the governor of Georgia and his political team should walk around with Hollywood movie studio jerseys. And by the way, I was just in Georgia. I could tell you that the Hollywood influence in Georgia has completely changed the landscape, and the fabric of a once conservative state. These tax credits that they gave to these elitist, snobby Hollywood producers, actors, directors, and investors has changed Georgia forever. So Georgia went on this massive campaign to go give tax credits to try to generate wealth for the state of Georgia. The result, a Georgia that is completely unrecognizable. So that is why schools can be open to go film a Spider-Man movie, but kids aren't allowed in school because the parents don't have a lobby in Georgia. But Hollywood does. If we do not address this issue, no one's going to like what comes next. Look, it's Christmas season. And a lot of you guys are emailing us, freedom at charliekirk.com. How do I give back this Christmas season. Look, I know it's been a tough year, but those of us that are Christians, we are called to help and to assist regardless of the circumstances around us. Whether we had a blessed year or a tough year, it's time to step up and do something. I think we all know that. That's why we are partnering with Angel Tree. Angel Tree is great. They help kids whose parents are in prison. It's not even about the fact of what their parents did. It's the fact that the kids are alone and the kids If they do not hear from their parents, they're more likely to also get involved in crime in the future. So let's really communicate the love of Jesus Christ 
with a personalized note from their dad and an access to a Bible in either Spanish or English. And that's what the Fellowship Angel Tree Program does. Last year, the Angel Tree Program blessed over 300,000 children of prisoners all across America. What's so cool is that if you give directly, it doesn't go to overhead or all that stuff. It goes straight to the kid, especially this Christmas season. And so let's just keep it easy. Just go to charliekirk.com. There's a banner on the top of it, charliekirk.com. And we are getting behind it. We're donating, we're donating a little bit of money from the Charlie Kirk Show to Angel Tree because we really believe in what they're doing. There's an Angel Tree banner there on charliekirk.com. You guys can check it out and support what we are doing. Um, and I think that's really important because for a gift of $220, you can bless 10 children of prisoners with a personalized Christmas present and a personal note from their incarcerated parent. Plus, every Angel Tree family is also given access to free, easy-to-read copy of the Bible in English or Spanish. So check it out at charliekirk.com. Very, very important. Thank you guys so much for that. So continue to email us your questions, guys, freedom at charliekirk.com. And one of the things that we want to also touch on today is what kind of circumstance are we going to be left in if we are not successful in these fights in, I guess, Texas versus Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin? If we are not successful, I think we know exactly where our country is headed. We're going to be heading for times of conflict. And I don't just mean conflict in the traditional sense. This is going to be the most consequential five to ten year period in American history that will determine the future of America if Joe Biden gets sworn in as president of the United States. Listen to Joe Biden, who can't even mention his cabinet officials' names in Cut 51. Play tape. And I'm grateful to the members of my COVID team that I'd like to introduce to you now who will lead the way. I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bashir, excuse me. He currently, the Attorney General of California, leading the second largest Justice Department in America. 80 million votes. Is that what we're supposed to believe, that 80 million people voted for him? He didn't get the department right. I mean, he almost got the country that they're representing correct. Almost. It's just somewhere within that. 80 million votes. And outside of the fact that we can make light of Joe Biden's incapacity to pronounce his cabinet officials, the deeper point here is that Joe Biden will be completely and totally controlled by the corporatist, technocratic, and creepy left. One that is going to do the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party, one that is going to do whatever the Chinese Communist Party wishes in any form or fashion whatsoever. And that is the consequence of these election fights. Texas stepped up yesterday and filed a lawsuit against Georgia. Now, according to original jurisdiction, which is in the United States Constitution, this goes directly up to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court is going to decide whether or not there is merit to Texas's complaint. What Texas basically did is they are getting it up to the Supreme Court immediately. And it is all on the line now. This is it. 
It is all on the line whether or not we are going to save our republic or we are going to allow it to deteriorate in front of us. That's the fight. For a lot of Republicans, they don't have the stomach or the spine to fight right now. We're better off without them. This is the struggle to find out whether or not we're still going to have a civilization. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the Charlie Kirk Show podcast at subscribe and give us a five-star review. And please consider supporting us at charliekirk.com slash support. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. God bless.